live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Talking about the Colts, I started to say that it's been a hell of a week for them, but really more hellish than hell of. Like an unhinged clown show hellscape. Never great when your owner makes an all-time insane coaching decision and then backs it up with an all-time insane press conference. Not good for you. Great for us, but not good for you. I'm talking about Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay is not in the top quartile of the upper quartile of public communicators. The upper quartile of winners were in the top quartile of that upper quartile. Right. That's rare air. As far as orators go, he's not that. And just to clear this up once and for all, his team is not, is not in the top quartile of the upper quartile of winners either. All right, so I know that I'm about to risk losing a massive chunk of you clones, but try to follow me here. I promise you, it's not nearly as complicated as it sounds. Try to stay with me. There are 32 teams, right? The top quartile is the top eight teams, a.k.a. one quarter of 32. The upper quartile of the top quartile is anyone, Bueller. It's the top two teams. Yeah, I know. I know. Who the hell do I think I am giving you a math lesson? Do I think I'm better than you? No. I'm just trying to illustrate a point here. Point being that that statement from Ursay was even kookier than it seemed. It was factually inaccurate. It was completely wrong. 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 Then again, not exactly surprising. Coming from the same dude who was also referencing sausage making, the CIA. I don't know what You operate like the CIA. Building rockets. Going to Mars. And somehow Don Shula also, all in the same presser. When he also said that he wanted a, quote, winning coach that was proven, but then chased that by saying that he was glad that Jeff Saturday, quote, doesn't have NFL experience. So the point that I'm trying to hammer home here is that Indy fan could use some normalcy, some sanity, some coherence, a coherent thought coming out of their football organization, somebody within the franchise. And luckily for Indy fan, they did get that finally yesterday. And they got it from, of all people, their brand-new head coach. Because the fact is, Jeff Saturday got to meet with the media for the first time since he was announced as the interim head coach. And that meant that there was no Jim Cray say. Cray say, get it? No Jim Crasey around here to steal the show with all of his sausage talk and CIA talk and quartile talk. And while Jim Crasey took a giant Elsay on Monday, I'm not about pig Latin. I could never speak that. I never thought that was funny. Anyway, Saturday himself, like whereas Jim Ursay took a giant L Monday, Saturday, ate a giant dub yesterday. He did. Reports coming out of Indy already say that Saturday's done a nice job of making a progress, or a ton of progress, winning over that locker room, which was always going to be one of the bigger challenges, right? As good a guy as he is, as great a career as he had, considering they 
pulled this guy out of a TV studio in Bristol where he was yelling hot takes every single morning right in the middle of the season, that was not going to be an easy thing to do, to walk into that locker room and immediately get that respect and win guys over. However, when you hear this dude speak, you start to understand how he already is winning people over. I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football, and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about are you as qualified as somebody else, bro. I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, one Super Bowl's been to two. Like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. Yo, brah. Let me tell you something, brah. Brah. Yo, brah. Brah. Yo, brah. Brah. Nothing wrong with that, brah. Brah. Nothing wrong with that energy, brah. Brah. I like that energy, brah. Brah. I like that, brah. Brah. Yo, brah. Brah. You want me to run through a wall, brah? Bruh. Which wall would you like me to run through, brah? I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door you want me out of, brah? Listen, I mean, I said it from the very beginning. None of the criticism here was about Jeff Saturday. None of this is his fault. He just stepped up when that franchise needed him because, as he also explained, he does care about the franchise. Brah. I told the guys this morning, I care about the players, I care about their families. I've sat in their seat, man. This sucks, right? I like Frank. I've talked to Frank. We've texted. I love Frank, man. I was working with Frank, right? So I'm working with him every week, talking to him. I, I consider Frank a friend, and I love him. I think he's a heck of a football coach. I got no control over how that – so I understand from their perspective. I've sat in that seat. They love Frank, man. These, that's, his, that's their coach. I mean, they played for this dude, so uh, I don't minimize that at all. I, I care about the staff and their family. These guys work hard. They sacrifice for their families. They sacrifice time, energy, and effort. Like, I know equipment room. Man, I know media relations. I know training room. Like, you guys act like this is – these are my people, bro. Like, my adult life was forged here. I mean, fair enough, bro. I, I can't say that you cared that much about all of them – when you were slinging pancakes and lava, brah, from that studio. Let's be fair about that. I don't know how much you care about all of them then, brah, when you were slinging pancakes and spitting hot takes and throwing up all that lava, brah. But you know what, though? Again, now that you're there and you're saying those things and you're saying the right things and you're saying it the right way and you've got the right energy, brah, brah. I could see how he might be winning some people over in that building. Brah. Look, solid dude. We knew this. Great player. We knew that. We also knew that he has no coaching experience in the NFL, no coaching experience in the college game, and a lot of experience slinging pancakes and lava. Brah. However, I like that energy. Now, what we did not know is exactly how it all went down. We don't know exactly how it went down or when it went down because when it first came up and Jim Ursay was asked about that, his reaction to it was a little bit strange, right? A little bit strange. Here's what he had to say to that very question back on Monday about when was the first time you thought to lob Jeff Saturday a call? 
Here's how Ursay try, tried to answer that. You know, um, really, um, um. You know, really, last last night. I mean, of, of actually, you know, picking up the phone and, and calling him. I, I um, in, in terms of, um, um, you know, uh, talking, you know, talking to him and, and, and Chris and I talking and saying, hey, um, you know, Chris the Alley. I, you know, I think it's time. And, and Jeff's the man, and let's talk this thing through. I mean, holy crap, dude. Answer the question. Answer the question, jerk. Answer the question. That, that, that is not a hard question. When did you first think to pick up the phone and call Jeff Saturday and discuss this job with him? That was his response, yet not suspicious at all. You know, um... Really, um, um, you know, really last last night. I mean, when? Of, of actually, you know, picking up the phone and, and calling him. I, I um, in, in terms of, um, um, you know, uh, incredible talking, you know, talking to him and and, and he Chris uttered and saying, hey, more non-fluencies um, and more ums in that response you know, than I think I have my entire career on air. Um, you know, you know, uh, um, talking, um, you know, um, um, was that Jim Ursay on calling Jeff Saturday or Garrett Cole on using spider tack? Um, so what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of high lie spelled J A I A L A I originating in the Basque region of Spain. And played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Highlight is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Fronten in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighLightWorld.com or download the free Highlight app in the App Store. The sport, with its intensity and athleticism, is well worth watching. Check out all the action at HighlightWorld.com. Matches are played similar to tennis, with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match. Each set is played up to six points. It is a sport you need to check out. HighlightWorld.com, Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m. So yesterday, we got the real answer. The actual first call in this process was during the complete debacle in Foxborough on Sunday. Yes, I'm saying during the game, allegedly. Not to talk about hiring him, but rather to ask, the hell is going on here? Saturday explained it a little bit more coherently and with a little more lucidity. Quote, he was just upset. He was asking me what was going on. This was not about Frank. This was not a conversation about Frank. End of quote. All right, then. So that was the first conversation during the game itself. And that conversation apparently was not about Frank. Yet, 
Less than 24 hours later, a conversation that was not about Frank led to Frank getting broken off. And then Saturday as the gig. I mean, it's all so incredibly strange, right? But we are talking about Jim Ursay. So strange is not surprising. Abnormal is normal in Indy. Which is why Saturday, doing as well as he did in that presser yesterday, actually counts for something. A win of sorts. Like, as we all know, timing is everything. And it's not like they're feeding Saturday through some wood chipper. Quite the contrary. In fact, you know what he's getting? He's getting the ultimate get-right game. The imploding Raiders. I'll tell you. If the game goes anything like that presser, and I'm not saying that was the presser to end all pressers, but I'm saying compared to the Jim Ursay presser, it was pretty amazing, right? If he can build on that, the Raiders may have a problem. The problem is, when Jeff's going on and on and on about, I've been around the best. I know the best. I know greatness when I see greatness. I played with greatness. I recognize greatness. It's all true. The problem is those teammates that he played with and had that so-called, quote, greatness are not the ones that are on the field right now. And back then, you had somebody different calling the plays, not some guy named Park Frazier or Frazier Park or Park Place calling the plays. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Uh, I don't know exactly what's in the sausage. I don't I'm know guessing, I, I don't. I'm guessing some really revolting crap like pig cheeks, cow ears, chicken beaks, turkey genitals. I, I don't know. It's sausage. We don't want to know what's inside. That's just my speculation. But whatever it is, it's disgusting. And as disgusting as it is, it may not even be as disgusting as what we see on the field on Sunday. No offense, Raiders. It's disgusting, Jim. But I trust you about as much as Ursay trusts his analytics department. In other words, you know, if you're like, Rome, the hell was that all about? Right. The hell was any of this all about? It's a free-for-all. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> so do I, Jimmy. So Jimmy, <laughs> my man. <laughs> Jimmy, my man. I'll take that bet. Let's sling Love some pancakes. Love to, Love to see it. Love to see it. Can't wait for that game. Love to see it. All right, so there's that. There's that. Saturday shows up. Lots of energy, lots of bras, and all of a sudden people feeling pretty good now. Well, better than they felt when Jimmy, my man, was talking about sausage and the CIA and Mars. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Wild Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried-out, tough beef in a bag? No one. It's like eating a shoe. 
Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those of you who like to take things up a notch. Next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper with your beef. Kenyon Drake is my guest. Kenyon, great to have you on. How are you? Pretty good, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you on. So, dude, you made it to the break. You made it to the buy. I want to ask you, how's that bye week treating you? How are you spending some of that rare time off in season? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited just to spend a little bit of time with family. Um, probably going to New York. It'll be my first time kind of being able to explore New York um, for, I guess, any duration of time, uh, especially being kind of close to home. I've been on the West Coast and in Miami the last six, seven years of my career. So uh, I'm excited to kind of like get well, need a break after a big win in Monday Night Football. That's kind of interesting to me that that's going to be your first time to actually kind of bump around New York and explore New York. You know, you go back to the big win. Let me get you to go back. When you look at that game, Kenyon, about against the Saints, like I understand you're going to do whatever your team needs for you to win. I understand that you're going to take what the defense gives you. But in getting ready for that game and watching film, did you have any sense that you would go off the way you did running the football against the Saints? Um, mostly just with the help around me, man. Um, it's it's all hands on deck on this offense, with this team in general. We, I feel like we're a three-facet team um, in terms of, you know, being offensively uh, dominant. We can be defensively dominant and special teams driven. Um, so with all that being said, we work real hard on our craft. Uh, the coaches put us in the best position to be successful. And at the end of the day, uh, the online, they, they're the best in the, in the league, man. So as, as, as they go, I go. And, it, you know, everybody around us can attest to that. So uh, I just like to, you know, give them all the credit and everybody else around me because I just want to thank them my job and everybody else did their job as well. We had success. Kenyon, I think when you talk about all hands on deck, I think your team personifies that as much as anybody. I'm going to go back to that in one minute, but I just want to ask you one more thought about pounding the football. When you're running the ball, ball with that kind of authority and you're pounding the opposition into submission physically, and ultimately you kind of get this sense that you're imposing your will and they don't want that anymore, what's it feel like when you know you've snatched your opposition's soul and they kind of want to tap out? They've had enough. No, that's a great feeling. I feel like we really epitomize that, um, especially the last few games where the running game has really started to kind of take hold, especially in the second half. Um, when you got a, a dynamic playmaker like eight, um, kind of really spread the defense out with his uh, zone readability. And then, you know, when we get, uh, you know, a guy coming back like Gus and JK that can really uh, continue to kind of power the inside and then me and um, Justice and even Mike Davis and, uh, we can just kind of, uh, you know, be versatile playmakers in and out the backfield. Uh, just presents the defense and makes them real uh, hesitant to kind of commit to one thing. You know, are we going to spread the wise on? Are we going to uh, use Lamar to kind of get around on the edge or even use him in power scheme or bring three, four people around the pool? It's, it keeps them off balance. And when they're guessing and we're just kind of committed to what we're doing because we know what we're doing and we're confident in it, um, it just demoralizes defense. And you see uh, week in and week out, um, we're able to kind of really power on the yards in the second half and uh, have success doing it. Kenyon Drake joining us. You mentioned eight. Eight, 
I'm fascinated by eight. I mean, I, I don't know of any new or different way to talk about what he's like on the field. Just I'm on, I'm on the outside looking in. Lamar Jackson to me is so unique, Canyon, so unique in a league full of such unique athletic talents. I'm curious, though, what's he like as a person? For instance, is he as unique as a person and leader as he is as a player? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like he epitomizes who he is on the field as much off the field uh, or vice versa off the field. It's just, it's, it's crazy because, you know, he, <laughs> in, in practice, right. He has this thing where he'll like at the end of practice, throw the ball to hit the, the goalposts and he does it effortlessly. Like, it's just like his arm strength, his ability to kind of just be who he is. He's just a unique person. And that's what I really respect about him the most because at the end of the day, no matter the circumstances, no matter this, you know, contract looming over his head, um, he doesn't change who he is. And I feel like that's what drives his team is his ability to be his person, his his self. And then everybody's just comfortable with going out there and playing their game because they know eight hey, is gonna be who he is. And no matter the circumstances, if it's you know late in the game, if we're down by a couple touchdowns, if we're up by how many, um, he's gonna be him. He's gonna, you know, command the respect in the huddle, he's gonna command the respect on the sideline, and he's gonna, you know first and foremost, challenge himself first, and then people keep everybody around him to that same standard. And that's how we go out there and we have success. Kenyon Drake is joining us. Now, tell me if I'm off base on this or not. It seems to me, and I'm not judging this in any way, it seems to me that not everybody loves the game. And I get that, right? It's a hard game, dude. It's a really hard game. It's a hard game to prepare for. It's a hard game to play. It's a hard game to study. It's a hard game to come back from. I understand why not everybody might love the game, but instead love what the game does for them because it can change your generation. You can have generational wealth. It can change the lives of so many people however there are some that really really love the game they love the process they love the grind they love the work I've got a feeling I know the answer to this but of those two things where do you come out or are you somewhere in between oh man so much love and respect for the game it's given me literally a lot almost really everything in my life I've been playing football since I was six years old um this kind of molded my personality because um you know, even without sports, I don't know if I could, you know, walk the same way, if I could talk the same way, if I could just be the same human being. It's just kind of molded me until I am. And obviously playing professionally, even playing at Alabama, um, it's given me the opportunity to meet so many different people in so many different walks of life. I've gone and done um, charity events in Argentina, uh, Mexico City, uh, working with Smile Train um, in Brazil as well, um, and able to travel to different places for leisure. Um, and then kind of coming to an organization like Baltimore, um, and I kind of mentioned this after the game uh, when I got the office of player of the game, which was uh, something that was that meant a lot to me. I kind of talked to the fact that uh, watching from afar at this organization when I was uh, on other teams, I was like, wow, you know, this team plays football how it's supposed to be played, you know, um, run first, um, heavy defense, special teams oriented. But it's 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 hard nosed football, and kind of being a part of that against the Saints on Monday, I was able to kind of present that to them and be like, "Hey, I'm happy to be here because now a part of that this this team is something that I always saw from afar and to be a part of it in person uh, meant a lot to me and meant a lot for me to be uh, uh, have a hand in that success. So, uh, like I said, I love the game and I love the people around me in this organization that 
also love the game. So it's just it's, it's pretty cool to just be a part of them. I'm ready to continue to take the next step with this team. That's actually really cool. I appreciate that response. And I know what you're talking about in the sense of what that organization is like. I can say that because I've talked to enough players there. It's the Raven way. It's a real thing. There is a Raven way. One last thought. You talked about some of the things. Like football has enabled you to see the world, and you've done so many things off of the field. I know you and Ronnie Stanley took part in a Veterans Appreciation event to meet and greet and say thank you to all the vets for the work they do and to bring pups and Patriots together. I'm curious, what was that night like? And then why is that cause so important to you? Yeah. So um, specifically my sister is in the army and my uncle was also in the air force. So I have a family member that was a part of the military, but um, from a, I guess a more general standpoint, I feel like um, sometimes veterans don't get the respect that they deserve coming back and kind of paying the ultimate sacrifice uh, with going and, you know, fighting for our freedom and allowing us to do certain things like this for me to have this interview with you, for me to go out there and play the game I love and entertain people on a nightly basis. Uh, so we just kind of wanted to uh, bring that all together. And I also as well have two dogs, uh, myself, Maxine and Tyson. So um, pairing with Ronnie Stanley's foundation, uh, that helps people uh, bring dogs that re rehabilitate them and bring those uh, people together to have PTSD. Um, it was just a great a cause for us to kind of bring that all together and give respect and honor to uh, people that uh, go out there and fight for our freedom on a daily basis. Okay, and one last thought. When you generally, when you talk to vets, what do you think generally they would like from us? Would they like to hear thank you? Would they like to hear welcome home? You know, what's most important to those that sacrifice so much and lay everything on the line and literally risk their lives so we can do this? What would they like from us? Just a genuine respect. I don't think, you know, it has to be some grand gesture or um, anything that, would, you know, bring, uh, you know, uh, abundance of attention to them because that's not what, you know, I feel like the majority of them are looking for. They just want to see validation for the sacrifice of hard work that they went out and, you know, put forth for us to be able to just simply live in a society that we live in today. And I feel like um, any way that I can do and use my platform to positively promote that uh, and promote anything of that sort, uh, I'm, I'm all for So, Felt like it was a great cause. I felt like, you know, um, it was a great turnout. We was able to um, really raise a lot of money. You know, so thanks to, to Brutus Broad. Thanks for the uh, Stanley Foundation and Wegmans for hosting us at the grocery store at Owens Mill. It was a, it was a great event. And I, I hope uh, people were able to kind of get from it that I was expecting and I, that um, I felt from it myself. Started jumping. I was going to say, I'm here for it, too. That's why I wanted to ask you about that. I'm glad we could have that conversation about that aspect, too. He's a running back for the Ravens, played his college ball at Alabama, won a couple of national championships in the midst of a bye week, and Baltimore is in first. Kenyon, great to have you on. Really appreciate it. Glad we got that done. Great talking to you, man. Thanks so much. Yes, sir, Jim. It's always a pleasure. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. I know you know about it because the second I got mine and I started talking about it, people were rushing up on me like they knew. They wanted to talk about it. 
It's because the egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. I'm telling you, you can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. Yes, try a pizza on the egg. It will amaze you. It works. It's incredible. So stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. It gets old. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs, too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg. It is a ceramic marvel. It's backed by a lifetime warranty. That's right, a lifetime warranty. It is simple to light. It is easy to use. It works without a power source. You don't have to plug anything in. So with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. How cool is that? And it makes a great gift. And they've got two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered right to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's how I did it. It was an awesome experience. That's BigGreenEgg.com. And yes, you will thank me later. Why don't we talk beefs? Because one of the more surprising and indisputable realities of this NFL season is that the speed-talking gumslayer looks like a genius right now because cringe-a-russ looks completely broken, lost, and washed right now. Do I need to translate that? All right. Pete Carroll is the oldest head in the league. Oldest head coach, oldest head. One of the oldest people in the world, really which is why the Peter Carroll renaissance this season is incredible. And even more incredible than the Peter Carroll renaissance is the reason for the Peter Carroll renaissance. The Geno Smith renaissance. That's the most amazing thing. You want to talk about a renaissance affair, affair, or I should say fair. I'm flashing back to when I was a kid in the San Fernando Valley. You used to go over the hill to the renaissance fair. You ever do that when you're a kid? Bunch of weirdos dressed up in rena- Renaissance costumes. The only thing I liked about that, and I don't know why my parents made me do that, freaking churros, man. When you're a kid, churros rule. Am I right, Rit? You're an old man and you love churros still. The mm. Renaissance Fair. Anyway, Peter Carroll is having this unbelievable Renaissance because Geno Smith is having an unbelievable Renaissance. It doesn't make any sense. And why do I say that? Because I'm talking about MVP candidate Geno Smith. Geno Smith currently has the seventh best odds to rip the MVP award, which means are, or which means odds are pretty good that Geno could actually get an MVP vote this year. What? Which, right, which would be one more MVP vote than Cringerus allegedly had in his entire Seattle career. In other words, things could not be going any better for the double mint killer or going any worse for Captain Cringe. And now, the Turbo Talker is apparently ready to puff out his chest a bit and spike the ball even. Because this week, he chucked Russ under the nearest bus. 
by starting what might be the dumbest NFL beef in quite some time. I mean, today is a beef day. I do not want lame beefs like this. And because today is a beef day, I know I'm going to get some outstanding beefs, some hilarious beefs. But I also know that because today is a beef day, I'm going to get some really dumb beefs, mostly via the phone. But I can promise you, none of them will be as dumb as the wristband beef. You know, the play sheet that some quarterbacks wear on their wrist. Well, apparently this was a point of friction between the Juicy Fruit Assassin and Let's Ride guy. And we know that because on Monday, Let's ride. the Juicy Fruit Assassin went on Seattle Sports 710 and made the case that the wristband is one of the central keys to Geno's success this season. Heavily implying that it was also to blame for Russ struggling the way he did. And no, I'm not making any of this up. Take a listen for yourself. If you notice, Gino's going off the off the wristband, you know, and that's that's a big help. It's 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 smoothed things out, sped things up, um, cleaned things up, and and that's that's part of it too. And and you know, we we never did that before. Um, there was resistance to that, so we didn't do that before. But this, all of those elements together, and then let's go back to the trust word again. When you know Shane says something to Gino, he's not doubting it; he's just going with it. And so there's a real immediate flow, and that accelerates all the process. You catch the not so subtle jabs, and then the haymakers. I like this notion that that Russ kind of resisted the whole wristband thing, like our Hall of Fame quarterback wouldn't use a wristband with the play calls. Quote, there was resistance to that, meaning apparently Russ did not want to wear or rely on that wristband, even though the coaching staff wanted him to wear and rely on a a wristband. I mean, how dumb is that? How weird is that? How bizarre is that? The guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. The guy won a Super Bowl with you, but he wouldn't wear that crazy wristband. But then again, it does sound a lot like Russ, right? Then the gum chewer hit Russ with that, quote, let's go back to the trust word. Resisting a wristband is one thing. The word trust in that context is a reason to go. go Trust trust is interchangeable with disrespect or respect. Buy-in or not buy-in. Selfish, unselfish. About you and not the team. Uncoachable. There's a lot in that word trust. Quote, when Shane says something to Gino, he's not doubting it. He's just going with it. Let's go back to the trust word again. When you know Shane says something to Gino, he's not doubting it. That's not a jab. That's an overhand right. That's a haymaker. That was the gum murderer calling Cringe Russ uncoachable. Like when OC Shane Waldron calls a play this year, Gino is all in. Gino's not questioning it. Gino's not changing out of it. But apparently last year there were some doubts. And apparently that led to problems. Check out Peter kicking his former QB when he's down. When was the last time you heard a head coach crack on a quarterback that he won a Super Bowl with? Like that. I actually kind of like it. 
I kind of like it. I just wish it was better smack than wristband smack. I mean, part of me wants to be all in on the wristband beef. And then another part of me wants to call that about the dumbest exchange I've ever seen in pro football. Because, yes, it is part of an exchange. Because, of course, those comments worked their way back to Commander Cringe. And Commander Cringe did what he does best. He cringed back. Uh, I don't know exactly what he said, but um, but I, I think, you know, won a lot of games there without one on the wrist. Put it, you know, and uh, I didn't know uh, winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, I you know do whatever it takes to make sure that we're rolling and, and moving and, and everything else. I've, I've, the few times I've definitely won wristband, depending on the game plan and what we have called and all that stuff. But, yeah. So, yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. sound like you, quote, did whatever it takes to make sure we're rolling. It sounds like you had a problem with wearing a wristband. It sounds like the two of you are children bickering over nothing. I didn't know whether winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not. Mattered if you Ooh, roasted. I don't even know what the hell that means. Jim Harbaugh's smack-off call thinks that's horrible smack. Jim Ursay's quartile rant thinks that's hard to follow. That's got to be one of the worst comebacks I've ever heard in my life to anything. And it's not even like you got punched in the face to begin with. Look, I don't think a wristband is really the reason why Geno Smith looks like prime Russell Wilson this year, honestly. Or why Russell Wilson looks like prime Chad Henney this year, honestly. But it's also pretty clear that the fast talker did not create this beef, as lame as it is, out of thin air. This was actually somehow, some way, a thing between Russ and the Hawks. Obviously, there was a thing, or the guy would still be there right now. There were lots of things, or the guy would still be there right now. But the thing that came up in the interview was the wristband, of all things. Wristband beef. And way more importantly, a lack of trust in the coaching staff, which plenty of people suspected, of course. But the gum slayer came right out and said it and confirmed it. The reasons Peter Carroll shipped Russ's ass out of town are becoming more and more clear by the day. I just wish that the beef was juicier than that. Juicier than the wristband beef. Give me something real. Wristband beef. Wristband beef is like jungle phone beefs. The written beefs, the tweeted beefs, the email beefs are almost always fire. The phone beefs are most of the time as lame as this wristband nonsense. A few weeks ago, we had the best phone beef segment ever. And then, as I mentioned, it went right back over a cliff. So for Peter Double Bubble Terminator Carroll, Russ Sir Cringe-a-Lot Wilson, and all the clones listening, let me show you what a good beef actually sounds like. I got beef with people mindlessly whistling public loudly. What are you so happy about anyway, Tweety Bird? 
Whistling Dixie. My beef is with local radio sports talk honks who conduct an interview for minute after minute and not tell me who they're talking to. It's radio, dude. I can't see it. A low five to a guy at the foul line who just missed his first of two. <laughs> Don't give me poor service because your place is packed. People who abuse GoFundMe, you want to do a backflip off the rooftop onto a fiery glass table. I'm not sorry it happened. I'm sorry you survived. Yeah, my beef is Amazon Prime football login, trying to program the TV one minute before kickoff. And no, my girlfriend says, why don't you watch it on your phone? Well, because I'm not 13 years old. Why don't you make me a sandwich? <laughs> my five- and three-year-olds at the grocery store dropping dimes on me. I try to drop a one-cheek sneak, and my kids hear it, and then they're just, Dad, you farted right in front of everybody. There's no escaping the beef, the beef stew. That's all I got. So I mean, that's how you do it. Those are legitimate beefs, not wristband beef. All right, so I have used antiperspirant sticks for years, but... What is amazing about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin, and it's also quick and easy to use, and it's great for topping up when you're on the go. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48, I said 48, 48 hours sweat and odor protection. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it is so quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. Win, win, win. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. Let's start with a smack-off participant on the phones. Let's go to Paul's dog. Paul's dog. Yo, Pooch, what's your beef? My beef is with Paul. He never takes me anywhere fun. Last week, he said we were going to the park. Instead, we ended up at Dr. Jellyfingers. Hey, Doc, mix in a hand warmer. And Paul, stop lying to me. I know you didn't throw that ball either. I like it. Again, he's polarizing. The dog is not called in quite some time. So far, so good. A Dr. Jellyfinger reference. Back at it. We're staying with the phones, all right? Normally, they're on the back end. I'm going to lead with them. Let's go to Baton Rouge. Ed in Baton Rouge. Good to have you, Ed. What's your beef? Yeah, this is Coach O, and I've got a beef. My beef is with Brian Kelly. I had three plans before the season started. I was going to collect fat stacks of cash, eat crawfish, and watch LSU lose and prove me to be the best coach ever. But now I've got to watch them not only not lose, but they beat Alabama without Joe Burrow. Making me look bad. Why? Alvin, that was good. Alvin's response was, I don't think that was Ed O. I know it wasn't Ed O, but it was actually a good impression. It was a good Ed O. Alvin's like, no, dude. He said it was Ed O. It's not Ed O. Right, Alvin. Just And like Paul's dog's not a dog. 
How come you didn't run him? I thought as impressions go, that was pretty good and a pretty good call. That's not the easiest voice. That's to get down that low. I'm going to let that stand, even though Alvin ran him. Two for two, if you ask me. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Ed in San Antonio. Ed, what's your beef? (laughs) Sorry, Jim. Yeah, my beef is ketchup on hot dog guy. You know, usually I could care less what kind of condiment you put on your nitrate sickle. But ketchup, a grown-ass man should not be ordering off the kids' menu at Nathan's. I mean, the only thing worse than that is James in Portland ordering the Albi special. You know, a squirt of mayo. Ah. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Again, I've given you complete authority and autonomy to run, guys. Why did you run him? Quote, that went too long. No, it didn't. I I have a feeling that you think that it went too long the second you heard the word Alvy. James and Alvy. And then you're like, nice knowing you. What, what, mayo is a reason to run? The word mayo is a reason to run? A squirt of mayo? It, was it the squirt or the mayo or the squirt of mayo? Either way, he's gonzo. Let's go to West Virginia. Miles, good to have you. Miles, what's your beef? Well, we got a beef with the state of Ohio, buddy. Their drivers can't drive, their teams can't win, and their people are obese. Uh, I think they should change their state motto to Ohio, where dreams go to die. I'm out. My man, all right. And their people are obese. It's kind of a fat nation, right? Is there a state where people are obese? I like that, though. That works. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Wisconsin. Speaking of a state with fat people, listen. I'm a taxpayer in the state of Wisconsin. I can say that. And by the way, when I go to Wisconsin, I get fat, so I can say that. Scott in Wisco. Scott, what's your beef? What's up, pimp? I'm a little fat, too, so I don't mind it one bit. But today, my beef on the Marine Corps birthday and a former Marine myself is with anybody in the Marine Corps band. Like, if you join the Marine Corps to put on a little outfit and walk around and make music and do parades and crap, do us all a favor and just quit, bro. I'm sick of it. Real Marines don't think band is a part of the Marines. War lady moans. I'm out. Lady moans. Somebody else getting run. War lady moans, dude. I mean, thank you for your service, but dude, hey, listen, you're not going to hook me with band smack. I don't do band smack. Learn my lesson. All right. Uh, we gonna, let's stay with the calls. You know what's going on here, Chalk? What's amazing? What if we went nothing but caller beef smack? If you keep it up, callers, this may be a first time we've ever done this. Anything is possible. Phone lines are open right now. If you can beef on the phones, I will not go to social media. That would be incredible. 1-800-636-8686. What is your beef? Speaking of lady clones, Kathleen in Omaha. Kathleen, what's your beef? 
People magazine are chump stains. They wouldn't know a sexy man if he came up from behind and bit them on the ass. The real sexiest man alive is Corey Harrison. Every time I see him on Pawn Stars, I wish I could jump through my TV screen and tackle him. I'll leave it at that. Corey is a triple-layer fudge cake. Oh, a triple-layer fudge cake. What happened to Johannes? I'm shocked that Johannes did not get that run. Kathleen, you are thirsty, yo. I mean, she she takes thirst to another level. I respect it. Every time I see him on TV, I want to jump right through the TV and tackle him, and I'll leave it at that. Triple fudge cake. Triple layer fudge cake. Dude, why are you off Johannes? Mm. Why are you off the Johannes train? 1-800-636-8686. Incredibly, I have not read one Twitter beef yet. All call beef. Eric in Orlando. Eric, what's your beef? Romy, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for taking my call. There are 21 of these hurricanes, and my beef is with the ones that go over my house. The eye of the storm goes over my house, so I get whacked with northeast winds and rain, and then the eye goes over, and it's peaceful for like two to three minutes, and then I get whacked on the backside with southwest winds and rain. But I made it. I... Okay. I'm trying to keep the caller beef segment going. That's not helping. Are you watching on CBS Sports Network? To my left, the famous Tower of Beef. Hot and spicy in the middle row. Teriyaki on the bottom row. Peppered on the top row. Old fashioned down below. Let's keep it going. I, I really, in somehow, some way, would love to go just phone calls the entire segment. Because I want to do something that has never been done before. Something that we would have thought would be impossible. Which is why I'm going to include people like this. 12 Wood. Wood. What's your beef? Jimmy, my man. How are you? Good, Wood. What's up? How you doing? All right. Dude, I got a beef with Siri. Every time, like back in the old day, you would say, hey, Siri, and you would get a bing, bing, and you know to talk. Today, it's, hey, Siri. And the second you start talking, she's like, uh-huh. Like, stop interrupting me, bitch. I'm out. Come on, man. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to keep the callers going. That's not helping. Come on, bitch is not funny. I mean, I understand your frustration. I know, I know what you're saying. Especially when it's on Bluetooth. There is that gap. Hey, I don't want to say. I almost said it. She would have answered. But do better, do better than, come on, bitch. What a shocker. Eric and 12 Wood bringing this thing to a screeching halt. No way. Who would have ever seen those two bringing us down when we're having so much fun? Let's try Alaska. Alaska generally is a very good thing for the program. Eric, not so much. 12 Wood, not so much. Hey, Wood, do not call Logan. Do not call Logan. He's not available. Let's go to Alaska, Matt. Matt, what's your beef? Jimmy, what's going on? My beef is with James in Portland. He comes in the jungle all hot and heavy, comes in real fast, 
hits us with gems like Shaft Sugar, and then he's too busy with Portland Woman, and now he's just sending in tweets. You read the tweets good, but they don't hit as hard, if you know what I mean, James, as when you call in and give us the delivery. Put down Portland Woman and pick up the damn phone, please. Like always, War Rogan Loam. I'm out. You got it, Matt. Scrumptious. Listen, James in Portland makes it better almost every single time in any platform. James in Portland always makes it better when he tweets, but his tweets are never as good as his calls. We know this. He knows this. He probably can't always get to the phone. When he can, he does, and we put him right up. But but if he can't get to the phone and I see him on Twitter, I will read the tweet, and the tweet is still better than not having it at all. Let's keep going. How about we go to Citrus Heights, Cali. Ryan, Ryan, what's your beef? Romy, my beef is with you for bringing up Ren Fairs. Every year, my wife drags me to one in September, and it's a bunch of obese people wearing spandex, acting like peasants and bowing to a fake queen. The only thing more pathetic is calling up and acting like another man's dog. My man, rack him. That's a great beef. That's a great phone beef. I, I don't know why it was such a thing when I was a kid, but the Renaissance Fair was a big thing. Jay and Jan would take us to the Renaissance Fair and ultimately was not that far. It's one of those places where when you're growing up, and especially when you're on the west side of L.A., you think it's at the end of the world. But it was actually Agora. And Agora is funny because then we moved to that side of town, which was Calabasas. And it was right over the hill. But it was a bunch of weirdos in their Ren gear. And the only thing that got me through it were those churros at the end, the payoff. Let's get one more phone call in here. Let's go to Florida. Bernie. Bernie, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. I got major jungle Tourette's, brother. Every time I hear the word Jackson, ground, or struggling, I, I, I repeat it in my freaking head. I don't care where I am. It's crazy, and I can't shake it late. I know, dude. There is no cure either that I'm aware of. I'm not a qualified medical professional or an addiction specialist, I, I don't know. I have it myself. I do the same thing. Professional. It gets worse, too, my friend. Let's go to Northern California. Garrett. Good to have you, Garrett. What's up? Rome, how you doing, man? Good, Garrett. How are you? I, 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 I'm um, doing good. <laughs> good. Well done. <laughs> uh, I, I've been a Raider fan my whole entire life. Uh, after listening to that, whatever the hell you want to call their Thursday, um, I am fairly confident that my team will lose this game against the Colts, against Jeff Saturday. Um, I'm fully prepared to burn my house down when it happens. Um, it, I, despite that press conference, if you want to call it that, from Ursay, his team is going to beat the Raiders, and I just, I, <laughs> I feel like Ursay right now. Dude, I, I, I so do know. I. I was just going to say, dude, you are Ursay right now. You beat me to it. Good night now.